0: So what does it mean to be exasperated? Well, I went to the Merriam-Webster Dictionary and looked up the word exasperated. And here's what it says about it. It says exasperated is feeling or expressing extreme annoyance or irritation. How many of you know what that feels like? I, I see several hands Some of the hands shot directly up very quickly this morning, so I know I'm on track today. Let me say it again. Exasperated means feeling or expressing. Extreme annoyance or irritation. Now, I know that some of you feel that personally. I'm going to ask you this question, but don't raise your hands. Okay? Don't do it because it'll cause a fight. How many of you are living with someone in your household that is experiencing exasperation in their own life? Keep your hands down. Don't let them come up. You're dealing with someone who's exasperated. It's almost as though they are just breathless because of what they constantly are dealing with. One of the words that I that came to me as I'm thinking about exasperation is the word eruption. So I thought maybe I should look that up as well. So I went back to the dictionary, and here's what it means. Eruption is to break out of a pent-up state, usually in a sudden and violent manner. Now, how many of you have ever erupted? I mean, you didn't even know it was there. You didn't really know that it was bubbling under the surface, and yet, all of a sudden, almost in an unexpected way, boom, there, there it went. Let's look at Scripture. Proverbs chapter 15 and verse 18 says, A hot tempered man. Now, this word man. Can also mean woman in other words it's gender neutral here men and women can experience this a hot tempered man stirs up strife but he who is slow to anger quiets contention and then in Proverbs chapter 29 verse 11 it says this a fool Look straight ahead. Don't look to the right. Don't look to the left. Don't you dare do it. We don't want any fights breaking out today. A fool gives full vent to his, and can I also, without doing disjustice to misjustice to the service, can I also say, woman, a fool gives full vent to his or her spirit, but a wise man quietly holds it back now let me just give you a personal illustration of kind of what I'm talking about this last week I was working at home on a particular day and I was there around lunchtime and I decided that I wanted a bologna sandwich <clears throat> so I went into the kitchen and I'm getting the bread out I put a little mayonnaise on it put put the, the bologna on there Put a little cheese on there. I like pepper jack on my bologna. For those of you who don't, just mind your own business. <clears throat> I use my carb smart bread so that I'm not eating extra carbs. And I, I put it together and I, I normally get me a handful of Fritos and, and some kind of drink. I like the zero sugar lemonade right now. It's kind of my thing. And so I got it all together and I'm getting ready to eat it. And Donna kind of talks to me from the living room and she says, She said, go ahead and eat your sandwich or whatever. But when you're done, would you mind making me some tomato soup? Well, that's not a big deal to me. I make tomato soup for her on a regular basis. It's not a big deal. So I said, yeah, sure, no problem. I went into the kitchen, and I got the pan that I usually use to make the soup with. And I put it on the stove, and I got the can of soup, and I emptied it in there. I stirred it all up. I turned the heat on. And I went over to the table, and I decided I'd finish up my fritos and all that kind of stuff while I'm waiting for the soup to cook. And I'm just kind of in my own world there, not expecting any kind of eruption or anything of that nature. And then all of a sudden, I heard this hissing sound. I mean, it almost sounded like a snake in the kitchen. You know what I'm saying? Just this hissing sound and then this sound of eruption and i thought oh no the soup is boiling over and i got up and i went to the to the the stovetop and i looked and i mean the pan was just boiling over the soup was just going all over the the, the stovetop it was going down you know the crack between the countertop and the and the stove and i'm thinking oh my goodness and i'm just Exasperated. All I wanted was a bologna sandwich. I did not want what I got, and here I was. I'm trying to clean up, and all of a sudden, you know, I'm I'm getting the the pan. I'm getting getting all my stuff to clean it up and all that. And I'm just. I noticed that my breathing had changed, I'm breathing hard, I'm, I'm irritated, my, I got a bad attitude now, not with Donna, I don't mind making the soup, I've, I've done it to her, or done it many times for her, and, but it was, I had boiled over the soup. Have you ever boiled over anything on the stovetop? You know what I'm talking about. How many of you know that sometimes our life is that way? Sometimes, our marriage is that way. Sometimes, our relationship with our kids are that way. I went by and said hello to Anthony and Morgan's little girl this morning. She and I have a connection. She likes me. I mean, she smiles at me and all that kind of stuff. She's just too little to even really know me. So at this point, she really likes me. How many of you know that as cute as babies are, that they grow up and become real kids? I mean, you know what I mean by that, right? Not that babies aren't real kids, but they they really begin to develop their own attitudes and their own personalities and their own... Opinions, And when I was a kid growing up, there were times that my mom and dad would tell me to do something, and I'd want to know why, and my dad would just look at me and say, because I said so. I mean, that was all I needed to know in his mind. He didn't need to explain it to me. I just needed to do it because dad said so. And sometimes kids get these attitudes when they start growing up, and we start thinking, well, who do they think they are? You're going to live in my house, you're going to do what I... But how many of you know that doesn't always work? Because they come to a point where they say, Well, I got, I'm going to Grandma's house. You know, I, at least she has snacks. I know I can go there. Eruptions happen in life on a regular basis. And if we're not prepared and ready and at peace in our own soul, those eruptions can very quickly cause us to get exasperated with that relationship and frustrated with it. So I want to share with you this morning four lessons that that I learned from the boiling over of the tomato soup. And as I've already told you, this is not going to be deeply theological today. But it will be practical, and I believe that we can take some wisdom from the lessons that we learn from the exasperated situations in life. Here's the first one. When you have a boiling over situation in your home, in your marriage, in your life, at your job, the first thing that you need to do is turn down the heat. How many of you know that's true? Because as long as the fire is hot, you're not going to accomplish much at all. You're just going to get burned. Not only will the soup burn, but if you put your hands in the wrong place at the wrong time, you're going to get burned as well. Now, when you decide that you're going to have a fight with your spouse, you better be very careful... Engage carefully the heat in the moment as it is. Because when it's hot and heated, sometimes you just need to remove or turn down the heat. Because if you don't turn down the heat, baby, you're going to get burned. Say amen. So there's a couple of ways that we can do this. The first way is... We can physically remove the pan from the heat. That's what I did. I reached over and I grabbed the pan and I had a hot pad close by and I just moved it from the heat to the hot pad and immediately I recognized that the, that the removal of the heat allowed the soup to start the cooling process and it, start, it stopped to. Boiling over. Sometimes you just need to remove the pan from the heat. Now let me tell you what this does not mean. This does not mean when you are arguing with your spouse that you look at them and say, Get out of my house. I'm tired of looking at your ugly face today. I don't want to see you or talk to you anymore. Leave. That will not bode well for you. Be you a man or be you a woman, it is not going to help. But it wouldn't be a bad idea if you stopped yelling at each other and just stepped into the other room for just a minute. Now, if you're hot-headed, it may be that you need to go into the bathroom and turn the cold water on and stick your head underneath the faucet for a few minutes and cool yourself down. I don't know what it will take to cool you, but you've got to get away from the heat because heat generates energy, and when it is a fighting kind of heat, then you've got to remove that from the situation. Maybe you've got a child that is just out of control. Do you ever have that situation in your life, and they're just going absolutely nuts at you? Uh, We see it around here all the time at the child care center. And what we have to learn to do and what we have learned to do is to separate that child from the heat. Because if we don't separate them from the heat, they will continue to generate a situation that exasperates the teachers and exasperates the other children in the room. And so they have to be removed from the heated situation sometimes you just need to walk away you need to say something like this i love you but right now i'm not feeling it so much and i know that we need to discuss this and talk about this but i don't feel like right now is the time because i'm going to say some things that i probably ought not say in the heat of the moment And so know that when I turn around and go into the other room, it's not because I don't want to work this out with you, but it's because I need to remove myself from the heat of the moment. And if you're the one who is being walked away from, don't take it personally. Instead, thank God that that person is separating themselves for, for a few minutes from you. Because you've got to get away from the heat. Am I telling you the truth today? Put the heat away. Now there's another way that you can do this. And is you can reach up on the stove and you can adjust the intensity of the heat. How many of you know that you don't always cook on high heat? You don't always cook on medium heat. Sometimes you just keep the soup warm by turning it down to low you adjust the intensity of the heat now how do you do that you calm your voice you calm your soul did you know did you know that you have control over your soul did you know that you have the ability through christ to adjust the tone of your speech did you know that when you are frustrated with your kid and you know that they need to be disciplined in some way that there is a better way to discipline them than to just beat the absolute fire out of them? Somebody say amen. Oh, when I was a kid, it was just the belt every time. It was like you get out of line, pull your pants down, son. I'm going to wear you out if I was bad at church, my mom would say, you just wait till we get home. I'm gonna fire up your britches. Can I tell you that I received many, many spankings after church when I was a kid. But do you know what was more effective with me than the actual spanking? It was the dreading the spanking Between the altar call at church and getting home knowing that I was going to get a spanking. I'd already made up my mind that I was going to apologize. I was going to beg. I was going to ask to be grounded. I was going to do everything that I could to avoid the spanking. Why? Because the spanking generated heat in me. And it caused me to want to rebel. Now Aaron was that child right there. Jonathan, not so much. Jonathan would take his spanking and he'd just weep and cry. <laughs> I know that I failed you. And I promise you that I'm going to ask Jesus to forgive me. And I'm going to ask you to forgive me. And I'm never going to do it again. That was Jonathan. Aaron was, go ahead, hit me. You can't hurt me. Oh, you think that hurt? Here, do it again. That was Aaron. That's still Aaron to this day. She's a stubborn hoot nanny. But that's the way she was spanking didn't really hurt her it didn't it didn't really bother her at all and so we had to find out that there was a different way for us to discipline her all i had to do was threaten jonathan with a spanking and he would come clean and repent fall down in the altar before god go out in the spirit all that kind of stuff but not Aaron. now here's what you've got to learn about your spouse or about your children about your 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 workmate Not everybody's the same. And so you've got to find a way to change and adjust the intensity of the heat. It's okay to disagree. It's okay to have a different opinion. It's all right for you to think differently than someone else. But what causes the strife is the heat that is generated. And so the very first thing that you've got to learn to do is you've got to learn how to turn down the heat. Secondly, you've got to learn how to release the steam. Now, I'm not a cook. My wife told me years ago, don't cook from the pulpit. She said, because you always get the recipe wrong. You get the wrong thing in at the wrong time. And and I would never want to eat what you cook from the pulpit. I get that. I'm not a cook. She's done the majority of the cooking ever since we've been married. And she does an excellent job. But when I was making this soup, I discovered that one of the problems was that the pan was not working properly. Now, I don't know if you have these kinds of pans or not, but our pans have this little steam release on the top so that when it gets hot on the inside, that little thing pops up like that, and it releases the steam so that the inside steam is released and it does not maintain the steam inside the lid. It's that little thing that pops up and then it just starts shaking around and ding 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 drives me crazy. But that day there was none of that. It didn't pop up. There was no jumping around. There was no ding 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 ding. There was no sign that something bad was about to happen. And so when I got there and I looked, I discovered that when I washed the pan the last time, I did not wash underneath the ding And I had to push it up and realize that it was stuck with soup from the last time that I made tomato soup from her. My wife is absolutely horrified right now that I'm telling you this. I'm not blaming her. I'm the one who washed the pan. Actually, I'm the one who did not wash the pan properly. And so there was no way for that thing to pop up because it was stuck (laughs) from a week's worth of tomato soup that I had not cleaned. And so here's what I'm trying to tell you that I learned. I learned that sometimes you've got to find a good way to release the steam. Because if you don't release the steam, then it's going to get stuck and it only makes the heat hotter and it generates more power, which causes the boil over. So, as simple as this sounds, it, it, it really is. You need to get yourself a hobby. You need to find something that will help you release the steam. Because if not, you know what you're going to turn into? A hothead. And all you ever do is boil over. Some of you men need to go buy yourself some golf clubs. And take it out on that little white ball. And just beat the fire out of that ball. Some of you need to get you some running shorts. And next time you feel like you're about to fight with your wife, put those running shorts on in your tinny whoppers and start walking or running around the block. Now, don't run out in the middle of the fight because if you do, then she's going to chase you down. She'll be running right behind you. Some of you women need to find a good hobby really know what women do these days to release steam. I really don't. Back in the day, women used to crochet. How many of you women still crochet today? Four of you, praise the Lord. Five, six, all oh, hands are going up everywhere now. I wouldn't like to have one of those little knit caps, you know, for the, I wouldn't mind having one of those for this winter time. You know, maybe you sew, Maybe maybe, maybe you play crosswords. I I don't know what you do but whatever you do maybe you maybe you do taekwondo maybe you go down to the gym and and fight big men and, and kick them in the head and all that kind of stuff I don't know what it is that you like to do but how many of you know that we all need something that will rest our soul because if not it's not a matter of if you're going to boil over, it's a matter of when you're going to boil over. Now, my wife is multifaceted, multi-talented, but one of the things that she loves to do on Saturday afternoon is watch the Three Stooges. Now, I don't know if you like the Three Stooges or not, but I've watched her I don't know how many times through the years just turn on the Three Stooges. I don't know which one's her favorite, but I kind of think she likes Curly a lot. And she'll just sit, and I'll hear her sometimes just laughing like crazy. And it's just because she's just watching the Three Stooges. I know some of you are going to go home today and said, here's what I learned from Pastor today. It's time to start watching the Three Stooges. Here's what I'm trying to say to you is, is that you've got to have something in your life That will allow you, when the steam starts building up, you need to be able to release that steam so that it does not increase the pressure and the heat of the situation. Take your Bibles and go with me to Luke chapter 22, verses 49 and 51. Later today, you might want to read this entire chapter, because in this moment, at this time, it is when... They're coming after Jesus. They're getting ready to come arrest him, and they're going to take him and crucify him. And it's it's all coming quickly. And the disciples are doing everything they can to maintain control. And then Jesus says something to Peter earlier in the chapter, and he said, Peter, I want you to understand that Satan... Hath desired to have you so that he can sift you like wheat. In other words, if you think the devil's been after you to this point, you ain't seen nothing yet. It's about to get rough, it's about to get tough. And he went ahead and he told Peter, he said, And you need to go, you need to go ahead and know that you are going to deny me. Before the rooster crows, you're gonna deny me three times today. And Peter did. And so he's got all this emotion that is him it is in him. He's got this intense pressure. Of having to move through this situation, get through this situation. And right here in verses 49 through 51, it says, And when those who were around him saw what would follow, they said, Lord, shall we strike with the sword? And one of them, and just so you'll know, the one of them was Peter. And one of them struck the servant of the high priest and cut off his right ear. But Jesus said, no more of this. And he touched his ear and he healed him. And we know this is the story of Peter cutting off the right ear of a man named Malchus. You know what I wondered about? Peter was not... A soldier he was not a warrior why would Peter be even carrying a sword in this moment he was a fisherman he should have had his tackle box with him instead of a sword and yet when it came time he knew where that sword was and he asked Jesus should we draw the sword and he pulled it out And he swung it, and he removed the right ear of this man named Malchus. This is what is called (laughs) premeditation. Now, here's where I'm going with this. Some of you already decided that when you get home, you're going to finish the fight that started this morning. You had words two days ago, and you just now today thought of something that you forgot to say. And you're going to get it said. And you don't care whether or not the ear falls off and bleeds or not. You've already made up your mind. You have premeditated that I am going to finish this situation. I think it's interesting that Jesus said to Peter, he said, No more of this. What he was saying is, is what will be, will be. Your actions are not going to change what has to take place in this moment. And so you've got to trust me in this moment, and you've got to stop taking matters into your own hands. Am I doing okay today? How many of you are praying, thank God this will be over before too long? You see, I can control my mouth. I can control my words. I can control my emotions. I have the ability through the Spirit. of. How many of you have forgotten that the Holy Spirit of God lives within you? He's not down the street somewhere and comes when we pray and ask Him to come. No, He lives in us. And so he is in us to help us to be able to act the way that we should act in the time that we need to act that way. And so it's our job to control. And Peter was exasperated with it. He was exasperated with a Savior who would say, you're going to deny me. Three times before this day is over, you're going to have to give your life for me. You're going to be crucified just like I am for my name and for my sake. Peter, this is going to be a tough journey for you. And he was exasperated with the reality of what he was going to face. And just like that... He reaches for the sword that he had taken with him, and he drew it, and he created an even worse situation than if he have just trusted God. You see what I'm trying to tell you today? When you're trying to premeditate how you're going to win this fight, then you're all, you've already lost the battle. If you're going to premeditate anything or think through anything, you need to think about how you're going to handle it differently than you have in the past. No hands. Don't raise any hands. How many of you have recently had a fight with your husband or your wife and instead of making it better by forgiving one another and calming your words, you made it worse By keeping the fire burning. Don't raise your hands. I'm just asking you to think about it. How many of you the last time your kid just wore you out? Man had an attitude. Couldn't control themselves. Driving you crazy. How many of you instead, well, he he or she just does not know that I'm the dad. I'm the mom. And I'm going to win this battle if it's the last thing I do. You know, sometimes they just want you to come close to them and hold them and comfort them and ask, what in the world's going on with them? So what I'm saying to you is, is that you've got to get knowledge and understanding and wisdom about the situation so that you'll know how to respond differently than the way you reacted the last time that only increased the heat and the intensity. You okay? Release the steam. Thirdly, now it's time to clean up the mess. You should have seen me that day. You'd have laughed. I know you would have. I, I mean, I'm, I'm grabbing for paper towels. I'm, I'm grabbing for dish rags. I'm grabbing for everything. I mean, soup is just running like lava from a volcano. And I'm freaking out. And I'm saying, oh, God, I don't let it get in the floor. And I don't want to have to pull the stove out and clean down the side. I, I hate that worse than anything. God, what am I doing? And I'm in there just going absolutely crazy. And all of a sudden, Santa Donna says, she said, just move it off the fire and leave it alone. She said, "We'll clean it later. Actually, she said, I'll clean it later. She. And so I thought, well, I got to get what's running. And so I start... Getting the soup that's still running and I'm trying to sop it up and get it up and all that. And I'm trying my best not to touch the heat. Now here are three things I want you to understand about cleaning up the mess. The first is address the urgent. Do it now. Tell your spouse you love them and nothing's going to change that. Tell them that I have loved you all these years. I found out this morning, Doug and Shirley, they've been married 59 years. Getting ready, getting ready to celebrate 60. And Doug said, well, she's been my girlfriend a lot longer than that. And I said, well, how long has she been your girlfriend? And Shirley said, since I was nine years old. I didn't even know you could date when you were nine years old, did you? I mean, they've been boyfriend and girlfriend since Sunday school class years ago. They love one another. They care about each other. And I'm sure they got to where they are today because there were times when they did not agree. And when the heat was hot, they learned that there's a time to address the urgent and leave the rest for later. How many times do we want to clean it all up right now? I did. I went and got me a razor blade. I thought, I'm going to scratch that tomato soup off this glass top. And Donna saying, don't do that. She said, just leave it alone. I'll get it later. I'm over there. I made the mistake. It was my fault. I'm scratching that stuff off. And I learned that I was just not doing the right thing at the right time. So you got to learn to address the urgent. There are some things that you need to take care of right now. And that is to confirm with your spouse or your child, I love you. I care about you. I know we're disagreeing right now. I know that we're in a heated argument right now. But this situation will not change the way that I feel about you. I love you. That is what is urgent. Because they need to know that this is not something that is going to drive you apart. Your kids need to know that when mom and dad are fighting and arguing uh, that it's not their fault. uh, And you are not going to separate and leave them feeling vulnerable. So adjust the urgent. Secondly, you better stay away from that heat. I mean, I'm cleaning up all this soup that's running, and then I decide I'm going to take my wet rag and clean up where the heat still is. And I put my hand over that hot burner, and how many of you know it doesn't take very long for that heat to come through that rag? Took my hand off. Glory. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. There's power in the blood. And I learned real quickly that she was a wise woman. If you'll leave it alone and let it cool, you can clean it later. Sometimes we get our hands back over in the heat. and So what we've got to learn to do is address the urgent and then stay away from the heat. And then finally, we do the hard work of scraping off. The residue. Is it possible that your words or your actions have scarred your relationship with your spouse? Is it possible that the things that you've done, the actions that you've taken, the attitude that you have, has caused such a deep scar... In the heart or the life of your spouse. That every time you get into an argument. That time comes up. And it's fresh again. What I'm saying to you is. Is that over time. You have to work on healing that mess. You have to work on making it right. You say, well, I still think I was right. Forget it. Big deal. What do you want to do? Fight the rest of your life? I told you I was going to get personal with you today. Some of you may never come back again, but I'm I'm just going to speak the truth to you. Some Some of you, if you would just ask for forgiveness for what you did 10 years ago, and if you would be willing to forgive that person for what they did 10 years ago, Man, your marriage would turn for the good immediately because you've scraped off the scar that needed to be removed from the relationship. You know, I was a sinner for a lot of years. I grew up in the church. My mom and dad were pastors in the church. You know that. I spent a lot of years going to Sunday school. But you know what I discovered when it came time I was a sinner just like everybody else. And I needed a savior to forgive me. Let me just make you aware of the fact that we all need grace. We all need for Jesus to save us. We all do. I did. You do. If you're saved, it's because you realize that and ask the Lord to save you and remove your sin as far away as the east is from the west, never to be remembered against you again. I don't have to worry today about sins that I may have committed. Why? Because the sin nature has been replaced with the grace nature. God loves me so much that he keeps me in grace. He loves you so much that he keeps you in grace. So why would we want to hold our family, our spouse, our children, our parents, why would we want to hold that thing against them when the Lord saved us, forgave us, apply grace to our sin, and he expects us to do the same for others. And so we have to clean it up, and then finally, come help me quit. There's one other thing that I learned from this situation, and it is this. When all the eruption is over, when it's all settled down, you know what it's time to do next? Eat the soup. I, I know you're looking for something deeply theological. But you're not going to get that today. But you know what I realized after I'd cleaned up the mess and removed the, the heat and I created and knew that the steam was taken care of and, and, and it was all done and I could relax and I remembered that this whole thing started because Donna wanted some soup. And I would not given her her soup yet. And I looked inside the pan, and there was more soup in the pan than there was on the stove. And it was ready to eat. And I poured the soup into a bowl. And I took some tomato soup to my baby and you know how she responded she didn't say you're such a dummy i knew you'd do something stupid like that i can't trust you to even boil soup she didn't say that you know what she said she said thank you honey i appreciate what you do for me. And in that very moment, I was ready to go boil some more soup, if that's what she wanted. Some of us have forgotten how to eat the soup in our relationship. We're so upset with our children because of the way that they act, or we're so upset with our spouse because of what they said or what they've done that we've forgotten that we actually love them. Do we get frustrated with them from time to time? Yeah, we do. But we can still draw joy from the relationship. Some of you have forgotten what it feels like to just close your eyes and pucker your lips. It's been so long since some of you just kissed each other that you don't even know how the process works anymore. Now, I could get into the various types of kisses, but I'm not going to do that because some of you would skip the altar service and run out right now. Have you actually gotten so old that you don't even like holding hands anymore? I like to hold hands with Donna. Have you forgotten that these couches that are so big now that you can sit on one end of the couch and she can sit on the other end of the couch and the three dogs can get right in between you and you don't even have to touch one another, you just kinda How you doing down there, baby? You know what some of you need to do today? Ban the dogs from the couch and meet somewhere in the middle and put your arm around each other and hug each other and kiss each other. And as the old timers used to say, just love one another's neck. (laughs) That can be fun sometimes. Some of you don't even know how to be intimate with each other anymore. I told you I'm going to get personal. You may need to go back and read the manual again. I don't know. But it's pretty self-explanatory. God's kind of put these bodies together in such a way that they just kind of naturally respond. You start that kissing mess and it won't be long before there'll be some other things that'll start Heating up. And see, some of you don't even like to talk about it. See, I don't know, Pastor, I'm so old now. I <laughs> think you know they make medicine for that. You can order it online. You don't even have to go to the doctor and listen it can be the men just as much as it can be the woman I don't know that seems like a lot of effort to me let me tell you something you need to learn how to eat the soup again next time you kiss your wife kiss your husband lick your lips And say, yum, yum. Let me just tell you, your life will go so much better. Some of you guys just need to go around and open the door of the car. I'm I'm embarrassing the life out, out of my kids today. They're all thinking, oh God, I can't believe. But isn't it? Isn't? male and female who are in a marital relationship together isn't intimacy in that setting isn't it so much better than just seeing everything boil over all the time Well, stop boiling turn down the heat turn down that kind of heat turn up the other kind of heat And let God heal your relationship. Okay, I'm done. And I know that you don't even know what to do with a message like this today. Well, I would suggest that you go home and you explore some of the possibilities that I have shared with you today. Kiss your wife, kiss your husband, hug their neck. Give them a massage. Rub your fingers through their hair. Say, okay, pastor, you're going too far now. No, I'm not. I mean, there are so many other things that you could do to rekindle the intimacy in your relationship. And you ought to do it. Eat the soup. hear it now in bedrooms all over Louisville hey baby you wanna eat some soup <laughs> Woo! I sure do <laughs> now unless I forget anybody let me just talk to you single people for a minute Your bride, your husband, is Jesus Christ himself. You, can have, you cannot have anyone any better in your life than Jesus Christ. And if you are in a state of being single right now, there is so much to life that you can enjoy. You may ultimately get married. You may do that one of these days. But until then, eat the soup with Jesus enjoy him enjoy your relationship with him and allow him to use this season of your life to allow you to be more productive than you've ever been in your life for the kingdom of god he loves you with an everlasting love and he can love you in ways that even married people cannot experience That's the great thing about the love of Jesus. He loves us all right where we are. Well, this one will go down in memory, I'm sure. I want you to stand with me if you will. Here's what I, I want you to do if you'll do this. If you don't want to do it, you don't have to do it. I want us to all come down to the altar this morning, and I want us to stand together with our spouse, or our family, or our good friends that have brought us into their families. And I want us to pray for one another. So as they begin to sing, I want you to just come down. We're going to pray right here. I'll dismiss you from right here. Not even noon yet, so we got plenty of time. I pray, I'm not worried, but I'm concerned about our families and their households because I am smart enough to recognize that the enemy of our soul is interested in striking against us in our homes doesn't typically happen in the church house when we're worshiping together. Lord, I understand that. More times than not, it happens when we're outside of the church and we're at home and we're dealing with the stresses of life. And things just begin to boil over until they erupt in our lives. And so, Lord, today as I pray for the families and spirit life, I'm asking you to establish a ring of fire, as you did in the Old Testament, around their homes A ring of fire that cannot be penetrated by the spirit of the enemy. A ring of fire that will protect them when the going gets tough ring of fire Lord that will allow them to understand that that they are safe because of you and Lord I pray that you would give them the knowledge and the understanding and the wisdom that they need to be able to fight the battles at home so that they can become everything that you have called them My expectation, Lord, is that families are going to begin to fight on an all new battlefield with the help of the Spirit of God. And we're going to hear testimony after testimony after testimony of marriages that are being rekindled and refired and rejoicing that is taking place in the homes of our family and our children. Are going to come home. Our prodigals are going to return. Those who have taken a step away from you are going to return to you because they're going to see what can happen in mom and dad's life when their marriage is refired by the Spirit of God. So right now, in the name of Jesus, I come against Satan. And I command him in Jesus' name to take his hands off our family to remove them. Remove your hands from our families. Set them free. Restore the joy of your salvation to your people. Lord, let our families be healthy. Let our children grow up to love you and appreciate you the way that we have always loved you and appreciated you. Lord, you promised that if we would raise them up in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord, and we would train them in the way they should go when they are old, they will not depart from it. We understand that to mean that it it does not guarantee their salvation, but it does guarantee that they'll never be able to live a day in their life without being confronted with the grace of Jesus Christ, which increases their ability to find you and know you. Lord, our homes are gonna be whole. Our homes are gonna be protected. Our families are gonna be on fire with the power of the Holy Spirit unlike anything we've ever witnessed before. We're going to start hearing our kids talk about what you've done in their lives. They're going to come home to our household and say, Mom, Dad, you'll never guess what Jesus did for me today when I was at school. And I had no hope. And I didn't know if I was going to be able to get it done. But Jesus somehow helped me. And I am more than a conqueror in Christ because of Him. Lord, we're going to hear testimony. Lord, I believe that some of our adult children who have already married and are raising families of their own, they're going to remember what it was like to serve you and to serve you in such a way that they're useful in the kingdom of God. And we're going to see them coming. We're going to see our prodigals returning. We're going to see them as the enemy is required to take his nasty hands off of us. And Lord, I believe that we're to begin to see it immediately as we respond to this word that has come to us today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to turn to your spouse or your family or your child or whoever, and I want you to look them right in the eyes and don't just smile at them like this. Don't let your teeth fall out. Make sure they don't come out. Smile at them real big. And now, take the next step. Hug their neck. Hug their neck. If you can't reach their neck, hug them wherever you happen to be. Hug them. Now, let's go out with an explosion. Kiss them right on the lips. Go ahead right now in Jesus' name. Woo! Woo! The fire's starting to burn. So we're going we're gonna to eat some soup when we get home. Amen. Folks, I love you. Jesus loves you. And your future is bright because of him. God bless you. And you can be dismissed.